Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie, Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. I found out. Seriously? Well, I didn't hunt very hard for it (laughs) because there were so many people. Every Goodwill in the state has seven copies of Daisy Jones and the Sex here. I probably could go find some. The problem is like... I seriously have two because I forgot I bought one. And they're both from Goodwill. Oh, yeah. I could go to Goodwill. There's a, or the Salvation Army or down the street has tons of books too. No, I didn't find that. And I didn't find the other two Fifty Shades from Christian's perspective, but yes. All right, the, the Shonas are here. The Shonas are kibitzing from behind the camera. Hi, Shonas. The Shonas didn't buy anything at all. Not at all. They didn't spend any money at the book sale. They uh, are coming home empty handed. Uh oh. Liar. Liars. <laughs> so yeah. that means that they have to hide everything from the husband? They actually, we none of us were out of control, really. I think the most we somebody spent was like thirty five. How many books does thirty five bucks get you? Uh, a lot, a lot, because some of well, Shona got some that were like five dollars, but the rest of them were like a dollar or two dollars. So my Amazon account has been locked again. I have to respond to this message immediately. Oh no, no. dude! I got one from IRS.gov <sighs> about how I had nine hundred fifty dollars in extra stuff and for a second i was all excited and then i was like oh scam <laughs> damn it <laughs> scam I was like, damn it i almost wanted to fill it out just on the off chance somebody might send me free money but uh no the, it was the my biggest problem with the book sale is it's like analysis paralysis like there's just too many choices mm. and you know i'm a judge a book by its cover kind of gal and when they're all just standing on end on like their spines i can't see what the cover looks like Cold, cold, cold. It's like 35 degrees. It got up to 40, I think. My car was reading 40 Mm. after lunch. It was 68 here the other day. It's like a huge record for February. It was bizarre and amazing. We had 70s like Tuesday last, this past, like this week on Tuesday. And then it was like, just kidding. And now we're supposed to maybe have tornadoes tomorrow night. I was freezing my ass off all day yeah, long. I'm surprising. still cold. Yeah, my t- yeah, it's cold. Um, yeah, we're supposed to. Uh, so I, I have a new coworker. She just moved here from California. And so I had to tell her, um, I was like, yeah, it's time to get out the tornado bingo card. I was like, no, I said, you got to choose what channel you want to watch because the bingo cards vary by channel. So and she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, it's called tornado bingo. <laughs> and I need you to pick a station and then you can pick your bingo card. <laughs> But more importantly, I was like, and you need a weather radio, my friend. And she lives in a mobile home. So oh, my gosh. And Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't think people were allowed to do that there. Yeah. So that she was like, well, where do we go? I was like, a ditch. <laughs> and she was like, I don't really have a ditch. I was like, outside. Anywhere other than your house is where you go. She should check her. Seriously, local... why do they have mobile homes there? Yeah. They, someone did tell her to find her local shelter, yeah. her a public local shelter. I really don't think it should be allowed, but it is. Well, and then the next, then we told her, we we're like, well, depending what time it is, like if you just brought your family up to the hospital, you could just stay in the office and you'd be safe. Yeah. You, you could or just... if you do, you should have to have like one of those things dug in, 
in a hole. Yeah. Well, well, you can't, if you live in a trailer park, the land's not yours. I know, but that should be like a part of the laws for the people that yeah. rent out the space. Well, and I'm not sure if she's in like a park. Like, I think I feel like it's like got land. So I think she could put one in. Oh. Like if they, but they just moved here. So she didn't like, she, her eyes got all big. She's like, what are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, sweet summer child. <laughs> and I was like, go to Walmart on your way home tonight. Pick up a weather radio. Step one. <laughs> I was like, step two choose between david payne and damon lane <laughs> it's always damon lane it's never damon lane it is always david payne whatever <laughs> so yeah we gave her a to-do list and then we were like and it's not a bad idea to just keep a go bag handy <laughs> during tornado season of important things you might want to take with you if you're fleeing your house with a quickness <laughs> so yeah but it'd be the first time in 12 years they said if we have a tornado tomorrow it'd be the first or would be the first time in 12 years that we've had a february tornado hmm so we'll see. I'm going to clean. I should have cleaned out my shelter this morning because my guard cricket has been dead down there now for about six years. So gross. Yeah. It's okay though. I would be rather be alive with the dead guard cricket than not alive without the dead guard cricket. I haven't cleaned out the mummified frogs for a couple of years. So I probably should do that. Yeah. Can we just you guys can... have your phone? I just found the weirdest statue yes. and it's in juju jeju island korea and i really want to know what <laughs> what like, the fuck is that what kind of theme park is that that's a theme park yeah so um there's a it's lot happening. Oh. oh i wonder what happens at lovely and theme so park. for those who don't what? have the benefit of getting on our facebook and listening to this um it's a picture of a girl going down on a guy He's standing up. He's standing actually, up. And he's got his face in her crotch. No, it, that's, on the top. that's a different woman. There's two. Wait, so that's what I'm saying. There are two women. Yeah. One is like over his shoulders. Like they share the same hair. You're right. They do. That's weird. Maybe her hair's over her face. Maybe the person's not good at making faces. And that's why he's hiding them in hair and in vaginas. I'll have to put it on the, the, <laughs> what, on the Facebook page. Because that's fascinating to me. And in Korea. Are you sure we won't get reported for that? I mean, I, mean, I think it's already on it? Facebook. Huh. It's already on a Facebook page, so you should be safe. Well, Weird. that's what I said about the other one. You guys were like, oh, are we going to get uh, It's okay. I don't think I would ever be like that. You should see the shit I find on Facebook. <laughs> um, on a completely unrelated erotic statue topic, <laughs> because there's no easy way to segue from that really amazing statue into the theme for this month, which the theme with, for this month um we're gonna highlight black voices black authors um and we were looking up some things that we thought would be really cool and to talk about and so we i i googled who was the first african-american to publish a novel and it according to google so if i if google lied to me don't come for us in the comments um <laughs> was harriet e adams wilson and this is first novel and it was published in 1859. Cool. So the first. What was the name of the book? Well, that's to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, there's one that I'm not going to say. Or the other option was sketches from the life of a free black in a two-story white house north showing that 
slave shadow falls even there. What? That's Are you sure that is a description no, of I, a look, picture? Look. I want to know what the one you won't say is. Or uh, is it like bad stuff? It could be. Yeah, it looks like that's the title. There's a shorter title, but I'll let people Google it because I don't feel comfortable no, no, saying no, I it. See. <laughs> see. I love books that like do oh. that. They're like, yeah. Yeah, no. Waste. And then it's like 18 words. Like. Yeah. And I'm always too lazy to write all those words out. Yeah. And it was published in Boston. So the first African-American author was a woman. Awesome. Which so, was... So uh, Women's History Month is, is just a few days yeah, from now. Yeah, a few days so. from now. Yeah. And the first poet was Phyllis Wheatley. And that book was published... And I can't find the date, but it was like seven. She died before. Yeah. Cause she died in 1784. So it was published in the mid 1700s probably. Mm, cool. Wow. Well, it so two women. It should have been a lot more. Yes. But those are just Clearly. the first two that we, that I, when I Googled. I put Megan in charge of looking it up. <laughs> and then I just went down a rabbit hole and I was like, what other really cool facts can we find? Because that's what Megan does. She <laughs> spends a lot of time down the rabbit hole. Yes, I do. And Viola Davis got her EGOT this year, which yep. is epic. Which, for those who don't know, an EGOT is an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Oh. So she's won all four awards. And I won, I don't. I didn't look up which, but she's one of only a handful of African-American mm. women, women to ever win an EGOT. Well, it's very cool. And she, the one that got it, she got the Grammy for narrating her own audiobook. Ah. So she won for an uh, audiobook narration. See, friends, this is an even better reason to write a book so that you can narrate it yourself and win a Grammy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to. I need an EGOT in my life. I don't know how I'm going to get that since I do none of the things that are required to I get it. I wouldn't be able to get a Tony. If I could get a Tony no, for like stage no, crew, I would be fine. There's no Tony in my life. Whoopi Goldberg is an EGOT winner, too. Really? Hmm. And Jennifer... She's one of only, there are only 18 people who have it. Hmm. There you go. That's impressive. It is. Yep. That was the extent of my facts <laughs> for this podcast. Good job, Megan. Woo I just thought it was cool that... And, and really the first published book by an African-American woman was a poetry book. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Two women. Hey, I published a poetry book when I was in high school. Oh, yeah? Wow. <laughs> How many copies did it sell? I'm kidding. It was in the uh, student magazine. Uh, the truth and, Oh, my out. God. They were all awful. <laughs> Just hideously bad poetry. It's okay. No one... Well, I shouldn't say no one writes good poetry in high school because somebody's writing good poetry in high school. Just no one in this room. I was going to say it's not me. Did you ever write poetry, Vani? Mm-mm. Nope. You, you were never... You, um, did. you didn't write any poems cheesy. to those guys in prison or anything? Ah! No. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote some pretty terrible. I wrote she, some poetry in high school. It we're was okay. only laughing because Bonnie used to have a. She used to write to prisoners, not because she's, she's actually. She's a really nice person. Yeah, she just wanted to make sure they felt acknowledged and loved and cared for. Were they're just people I knew in real life that went to prison, which is nice. Well, but that takes the mystique out of it, Bonnie. <laughs> it makes it less creepy when you actually know the people. <laughs> it's not like I sent off her, you know. 
a list of prisoners who wanted pen pals. You can. Girls as pen pals. That would be creepy. Well, so no, I never, think that would have been for some cool. reason. For some reason, I don't remember you having qualified that. As, I don't ever think you as have somebody either. that you knew that it went to prison. I don't know why. Uh, no, I definitely maybe you missed. did say it and we just glossed it over. That's probably more likely. I thought maybe you were just bored. I really just thought she was a really charitable person in high school and like wrote to people because she figured they didn't get many letters. Well, you know, there was this book um, that I started reading. I stopped because I can't stand the narrator's voice, but um, it sounded like such a cool concept of what um, a teen, a group of teenagers could potentially do. It's called the Pallbearers Club. And what oh, they that sounds weird. And what they did was they they volunteered to carry people's caskets who didn't have helpers. Oh, I like that though. Hmm. That sounds very nice. But I didn't finish reading it because I cannot stand that woman's voice. Every time there's a a book that she narrates, I have to stop. I can't hear her. Hmm. Makes me sad to think of people that like I mean that die alone. Can't think of like five people. Yeah. But there are a lot out there, though. Isn't it six? Is it five or six? Uh, well, you could probably do it with know. four. I mean, four really beefy people. Yeah. Maybe I couldn't carry one. No. People, I are... won't make y'all carry me. Just put just put it on the rolly thing and just <laughs> on the rolly thing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a Viking funeral. I'm going up in flames. On there what, Lake Hefner? Yeah, y'all can <laughs> sprinkle me somewhere. I don't know if when Lake I'm Hefner, they'd burning. be like, what's happening? Why is there a burning boat on Lake Hefner? I'd be like, it's just Martha. It's fine. <laughs> that bitch is going to burn. <laughs> yeah, if you get cremated, you don't need a Paul Bear. Like, you need yeah. one person to carry you. That's it. Yeah, on yeah. the way out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> That's the way to do it, baby. Yep. Or it would be cool, to, you know, to be buried underneath a tree. You know, a composting burial where they... Oh, right? um, where they, what's his name did that? Um, where they 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 take you and put you in a composting thingy. It's only and, legal in like Matt, four states. Yeah, what was I his know. name? Who nine hundred two one zero? What the hell is his name? Luke Perry. Luke Perry did that when he like See, that it's was legal in California mm -hmm. and in Colorado. You know the places where everything's legal, mm, right? Like, yeah, except yeah. not Jersey. I mean, not everything's legal in New Jersey. Jersey. Not everything. <laughs> See, I said that specifically for you, mate. I appreciate it. I sing, I sing that song regularly. It's one of my favorites. Mm. Hamilton, for those who are confused. I was gonna say, I know, <laughs> I know, she'll tell us, so I'm just gonna be quiet. <laughs> Everything's legal in Jersey. I'm not encouraging you. Well, when there's only you know twelve and a half states, <laughs> like yeah, pretty much everything's that's true. legal that's true. somewhere. So, shall we begin with our amplification of? black voices yeah i feel like we have no good segues for this week we're just no. all over the place and that's fine we really don't it's okay it was book sale weekend so the yes sh the shonas are sitting here quietly patiently yep waiting for, <laughs> for pizza yeah because it's tradition that we book sale and then we pizza but the weather decided to fuck us over this weekend. Yeah, it's just <laughs> lovely, yeah. No outdoor patio tonight. It'll nope. be, uh, it's only like, 50, not even 50 degrees outside. Nope. Oh my God, it's you very guys are so lame. Oh, it's cold. It's cold here. 50 degrees is beautiful. It's no, not 50. It's, it's not 50. It's like 40 oh, something. 40. 
It was supposed to get to 50, but it did not. And the sun never came out. So. No. If I didn't, if the wind wasn't blowing the correct way, I would blame the Ohio trail train derailment, but that wind went the other way. So we can't blame them. You're so weirdo. If it starts acid raining. People out here are freaking about it. It's pretty interesting. Dude, it's scary. I texted one of my friends in my group chat and was like, bro, are you not, you better not be drinking any water out of your house. Like, don't, do I need to send Amazon you some bottled water? Shit. Mm. she lives really close to it though like oh. she was just like you know like the evacuation zone she was like one town out of the evacuation oh, zone. oh yeah that's mm. bad the yeah. people of pittsburgh are like losing their mind yeah she's like right there between like pittsburgh they're enough out that they're cool but yeah sorry I... pittsburgh people but really you shouldn't be freaking out as much as you are <laughs> it's okay because she lives upstream so at least mm. she should be okay. uh, yeah so she... if the water water isn't gonna yeah yeah but then I looked at the map of like where all the water tributaries feed to from there. And I was like, well, shit, that comes right down to the Red River <laughs> and through the yeah, Oklahoma River. It's the air and... quality that most people are freaking out about now. Because, yeah. I mean, you can boil water, but you can't breathe processed air. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the water, some of the water looked like it had like an oily thing. I don't know if you can boil that away. It can't. I, yeah. It's pretty gross. Yeah. No bueno. So we're thinking of you, Ohio book girls. Please drink bottled water, which I don't normally advocate for bottled water because yeah, sustainability. But in this case, please, for the love of God, use bottled water. <laughs> Jesus Christ. For the love of Another God. Another rabbit hole has emerged and before we could get to the amplification of Black Voices. Okay. I'll stop. Which is our theme for today. Yes. And as is our custom bonnie's ready to lead the pack i'm kind of torn between what i want to review this week because i read two and they were both really great you can do my review you can review one next week <laughs> because black it... voices doesn't have to just be for today that's true it could be for every day i feel like a little rosy sunshine saying that okay well when i was trying to figure out what to read for black history month because um, you know, I've already read a lot of black history. Like I've already read um, a few like Toni Morrison's. I've read The Hate You Give and a bunch of really awesome books. So I kind of went a different way with this. When I think of someone important, I think of Barack Obama. Ah, oh, yes. Yes, and exactly. I, just, I always, I, I like Barack Obama. I like the whole family. I don't know why. It's not because they he was the first African American. He just seems like he's so down to earth and he relatable. does. He does. He's he'll always be my president deep down. Yeah, deep down. I mean, he just seems like a really genuine, awesome person who I'd like to know for real life. You know, like that that thing. Like if you got to go to dinner with anyone, mm -hmm. I think it would probably be. I would want to go to a family dinner uh, at so, the Obama's house. So you'd want Michelle to be there too. Yeah, because she's she's, she's awesome. awesome too. Yeah, she is. But I decided to read The Dreams of My Father by Barack Obama. And this book was actually written before he was president. So he was, I can't remember if he was in the Senate yet or if he was running for Senate when he wrote this, but he hadn't been president yet. It's basically kind of a memoir 
about his life as a kid and about his relationship with his father. It was a really good read. He is a great writer. He narrated it and I love his voice. So that was perfectly okay with me. I can't remember exactly what age it was when he started his history, but you know, his father, most people already know his father was from Kenya, I believe. His mother was actually from Kansas. And I think she was going to school in Hawaii when she met Barack's father. And they had like a whirlwind romance, you know, got married, had Barack. Um, It was a very short-lived romance. Um, I believe that they were already divorced by the time he was maybe five or so. Um, And um, it just, it kind of talks about him growing up in Hawaii. His mom is white and he absolutely loved his grandparents who were also white and his grandparents helped raise him a lot. And he also, which I did not know this, he lived in Indonesia for a few years when he was a kid before his mom decided that he wasn't getting the schooling that he needed and sent him back to go to private school in Hawaii and live with his grandparents until she came back from Indonesia. What was she doing in Indonesia? Did it say? Her second husband was from <gasps> Indonesia. Oh. So she got married to her second husband. They moved to Indonesia. And I can't remember how long they lived there before he went back to Hawaii. And um, it, it was just really exciting that he got to almost like live all these different lives take on all these different roles. You know, he got to live in Indonesia and kind of, you know, like see what it was like to live there. And um, also I think he has a really unique perspective on things because his mom was a single mom and did struggle to raise him. Um, So he kind of got a look into that. I mean, they were middle class. It's not like they were like extremely poor or anything, but you know, she still struggled. It's hard to be a single parent. And uh, he also kind of got to look at the difference between being white and being black because his, his grandparents were white, but he was black. I don't know. It it just seems like it would be kind of like a peek into a different perspective. I, it, I might be completely wrong about that. I don't know for sure, but that's what it almost sounds like. I know he talks about almost like shock. Shock is almost too much, too big of a word that he found out, even though, you know, his parents weren't openly racist, there was still hesitation when it came to people of another color with his grandparents. And he loved his grandparents. His grandparents loved him. But there was, there's one section in there that they talk about something and that he says that's when he first realized the difference. And I think that's extremely important for people to understand that there is a difference. You might grow up in the best world possible with absolutely no racism, you know, in your immediate world, but there's still a difference. And he explains it really well. It was exciting. He, um, He talks about, you know, what he did after he graduated and he wasn't working as an organizer when he met Michelle, but 
he was in Chicago where Michelle lived and got to experience Chicago and work for nonprofits. And it was just, it was a very interesting, interesting read. I enjoyed it. Um, it's not a long read. I think it was only seven hours. It, I mean, it was good. And like I said, I just, I really like Barack and Michelle because it just seems so much more relatable than some of the other presidents that we'd have. Not that they aren't all interesting, wonderful people, wow. but like if I read about one of the Kennedys, there would be no way for me to relate to how they live whatsoever because their life is so different than mine that it would be like reading about the royal family. Exactly. I mean, there's no context, but Obama is just so relatable that it, I don't know, it just really appeals to me. I was really intrigued when you told me that he had lived in Indonesia. I didn't know that. So it explains mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more about the way he learned to interact with lots of different kinds of people too at an early age. Well, you know, the best teacher is experience. That's right. And he just seems like he's been able to experience a lot of different things in his life. And it's, it's really awesome, but it was a great read. It's a short read. Um, I like the fact that it was written before he was president because that way you got a glimpse at his life before he had that presidency over his head or on his shoulders, I should say. And yeah, it was really great. And that again was called Dreams from My Father by Barack Obama. All right, Keith, what do you have for us? The book I read this week is a debut novel and it is called Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. This book was pretty buzzy when it came out last year and it's been on my TBR since like March. And I'm glad I finally got around to reading it because it was really amazing. Um, so our story starts with two adult children, Benny and Byron. Benny is a daughter, Byron is the son. And Benny has been estranged from her parents for the last eight years. Um, she missed her father's funeral. She missed her mother's death. And this all happened because she came out as queer and there and things just kind of went downhill from there. And they were a very tight-knit family up to that point. Um, but Benny and Byron are both back because uh, there's a reading of the will. And the mom, her name is Eleanor, and her lawyer tells the children that they need to come into his office because he has a tape recording made entirely by their mother that he needs to play. Is it one um, of those, like, play this upon my death situations? That's exactly. Oh, yes. no. So she has been doing this, to, uh, and she knew she was sick. Uh, the daughter did not. Um, so she had a lot of time to prepare this. But when she starts speaking in the recording, both of the children are completely aghast because basically what Eleanor tells them is that they don't know who she is. She is not who they believe her to be. And she gives instructions that her last wishes are that um, she wants them to share uh, this cake that she has, she has, she has made and is in her freezer with a 
this, a special person when the time is right. And those are her entire instructions. And then she says, now for you to understand these instructions, I need to tell you a story. And basically the story is that she is not Eleanor. She is a completely different person that they have never heard of. Uh, she is, she, her, she and her husband are both from the Caribbean and they are, and they immigrated to the United States before they had children. And the story that she then weaves basically is amazing and astounding. And her children have absolutely no idea. And it, her entire life, the parents' entire lives kind of revolve around this Caribbean delicacy called black cake. And it's uh, a cake that is made, it, it's described as kind of like a, a plum pudding kind of cake. Plums are, are soaked in alcohol for a long amount of time. And, and, it, and then it makes this cake. And it's very much this just passed down thing. And in the Caribbean island that she's from, and a lot of people based on the descriptions believe it's Jamaica, but it's never really, uh, the book never comes out and says, oh yeah, we lived in Jamaica. Eleanor has always made it for, it's made for weddings. It's a wedding cake. Um, she makes it for every wedding anniversary that she and her husband have ever had. Um, she actually buried a slice of the cake with her husband when he died. Aww, so it's this, yeah, kind of it's cute, this actually. very important passed down tradition. And it's the kind of thing where when her daughter discover finally discovers her recipe card for it, it doesn't have measurements or anything because it's kind of measured in love and in experience. And so the recipe card just kind of has like, tips and and directions to kind of point you in the making of this cake that's the best thing about this book is that it's this journey that all revolves around this food and you can really relate to it i think almost everyone has stories like that like i have an italian grandfather who you know would make spaghetti sauce and like from scratch and you know, we all have those kind of stories and we all have those recipes that are really steeped in tradition with our families that maybe, uh, or our, even our cultures that maybe other people don't have that kind of tie to. But then the story, when Eleanor starts talking about why she isn't really Eleanor, um, why she had to change her name, how she ended up in America, I mean... It's this intense and crazy story about all these things that she's gone through, uh, about the prejudices that she's faced, about the many different, uh, and it's not just about Black prejudice there. I mean, it's just about all sorts of kinds of prejudices that I really didn't even know existed. Uh, she, she has a Chinese immigrant father who had a hard time in Jamaica because he was different and he was looked down upon and he went through all sorts of struggles because he was Chinese. And it make and it kind of comes full circle because Benny has always felt like she's an outsider in her family because she's queer. Um, and then she and she thinks no one would understand that, but she comes to find out that her mother 
has gone through that and so much more in spades. And it's got all these mysteries that need to be solved. Um, it really jumps in points of view because we hear from Benny in the present day. Uh, we hear from Eleanor in her different points of her life. I, I listened to it on Audible and then I bought it on ebook because I was having a really hard time with the jumping around. Um, now, I'm not a strict Audible listener, so I don't do that much. So it might not be difficult for someone else, but I was just having a hard time. And there were so many terms that I wasn't familiar with and things that were cultural that I, I was just kind of drawing a blank. But when I put it down and then looked into the book and found out that this was this author's debut novel, I was really amazed because it's just, it's this amazing storytelling where you have all these questions and eventually every one of them gets answered and it's mysterious and it's touching and it's heartfelt and it makes you want to throw the book across the room in many instances because there's just so much injustice in it but you learn so much i mean it really gave me a book hangover and made me think about all this amazing stuff that came through in this book uh i can't recommend it more i'm so glad that i finally got around to reading it and that again it was called black cake by charmaine wilkerson we had a mute because someone in this haunted futon is eating cereal that's going crunchy crunchy crunch crunch shana's clicking her she's clicking her spoon against her bowl she's eating honeycomb in the background over there snuggled up in her blanket well she can't hear they can't hear us so they're probably really bored yeah yeah they can't hear you guys that was like 10 minutes of nothing it was when both martha and i were like microphone off because <laughs> all you can hear is <laughs> coming through our headphones <laughs> That book sounds very... I feel like I've heard of Black Cake before. I feel like I've recently had a conversation about Black Cake. I, it was like a Jenna Good Morning America pick. Oh, okay. I think it was, it very was a buzzy. book of the month club pick. Shona's shaking so, her head I mean, going, it's so good. Some people might have it on their shelves, just waiting. Yes. Well, I read a romance because it's still February. <laughs> <laughs> and it's second Christmas around here for romances. And I read Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. And this book, she is, I believe she is English. And so this book is set in England. And it is set with like juniors in the equivalent of juniors in high school. And we have Celine, who is our main character. And she runs a very a fairly popular TikTok that talks about all kinds of conspiracies about aliens and all this stuff. So she I wouldn't say she herself is a conspiracy theorist, but she thoroughly enjoys making conspiracy theorist videos on TikTok. And she has like a vision board of how she is going to become a lawyer and it's really to spite her father because her father is also a lawyer and he works for a pretty big firm. But her father had an affair and left her and her sister and her mom and went in to marry his second family and has like kind of abandoned them. So she wants to spite him and become super powerful and him have to face her every day in court. 
as a lawyer. So she's she's got a lot of baggage to unpack there. And then we have Bradley. And Bradley is like the popular football, aka American soccer player. And he's got like the, the quintessential like asshole friends that are jocks. And there's a, just a lot of tension with Celine and Bradley. And then you find out that in their middle school days and before they were besties and then things happen and you have to find, read the book to find out what happened. But now they are enemies. And I really think a lot of the enemy vibe is more Celine, like assuming that everything he's doing is to just piss her off. And so she just feels that like, she just glares at him when she walks in a room, she like daggers, his daggers at him. Um, but there is a, um, and I don't have the the name of the character in front of me. There's a contest for a scholarship and Celine needs a ride or she was really going to take the train. And then Brad was like, I'll drive you. And she's like, fine. So they end up both going to this pre contest thing. And he's like, oh, I should do this scholarship because he also thinks he wants to be a lawyer but we really quickly find out that he has 0% interest in actually being a lawyer. He just thinks his dad expects it of him. He wants to be an author and he has hundreds of like drafts of a book on his laptop. And he gets to a point where he's like, this sucks. And he like moves it to the like failed folder and then starts over. (laughs) Um, And so he decides, well, if I get the scholarship then I can study writing because my parents aren't paying for it. And then he won't feel guilty because it's hard to make a living as an author. So they both get into this scholarship program thing and this, to get this scholarship, you go on two trips and you're like a wilderness explorer. And there's like, you have to find different checkpoints and you have to work as a team and you get like graded. And then whoever has the highest grade gets the prize at the end. And, uh, as they're on these trips, they're spending more time together. They, of course, end up on the same team because how could they not end up on the same team? So they have to work together and you learn just a lot about their past and what happened uh, to their friendship and why they, they consider themselves enemies at this point. Arch nemesis is used a couple times throughout the book. Uh, because, you know, when you're in middle, in junior high and high school, um, you know, you have mortal enemies <laughs> that, that are just ruining your life in, in high school. So I thought it was really cute. It, it does have a lot of British slang in it. But at the very beginning, she gives you a whole list of things that if you are not British, you don't know what the fuck she's talking about. You can reference back. <laughs> To the list. I was pretty good at most of them. There aren't any that are just so obscure that you couldn't be like, oh, I think I know what she's trying to say. Is this a black author? It is. We didn't even mention that. Sorry. She, she, oh, I guess I just knew that Talia Hibbert was a black author. (laughs) She's a a black British author. And the characters are both black, actually. But yeah, it was, it was a fun little high school. And it, it reads very high school-ish because you're writing high schoolers. So there were times where I was like, oh, I'm going to punch both of these kids in the face. (laughs) But (laughs) if I was reading this as a high schooler, I would have been like, oh my God, I totally understand Celine. And she is so right. Uh, So um, if you do decide to read it, just remember how you were in high school around your 
like crush enemy friend <laughs> that um, you were with a lot and find out who wins the scholarship. If anybody we know from the book or wins the scholarship, you'll just have to see what fields they pick and what traumas they deal with. Oh, and, um, and Brad is uh, diagnosed as OCD. So he's kind of coping with that. And she talks about how she wrote the character and why she wrote him that way uh, in a foreword. So I recommend reading the foreword and yeah, it was a very good book. I liked it, enjoyed it. And then I wanted to go to Scotland and hike around in a forest because that's what they did in the book. And that was Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. She's an amazing author. I love her. Yeah. She has adult romance books, too. Oh, I need to find some of those. That we've reviewed on the podcast. I I knew her name sounded familiar because she's written. um, Oh, she wrote Get a Life, Life, Chloe Brown. Yes. Okay. Yep. I liked it. I I would think I would like her probably more adult ones maybe a little better just because I'm old. Like this felt truly YA. Right. Whereas some romances that are considered YA are more new adult. This was truly YA. I was a fan. I will look up more of her books. All right. Last but not least, of course I had to find an author and a story that were sci-fi to round out our um, amplification of black voices. Um, and I'm going to rev- review The Lesson by Cadwell Turnbull. And I had totally forgotten I read this book. I, I was reading a lot of different, because I really wanted to find something that I 100% loved. And at the end, I did find something, but I didn't finish the book, so I couldn't review it. So I did look back, and I found this one a few weeks from a few weeks ago. It mostly deals with colonization because an alien ship has descended over this U.S. Virgin Island water island. It's called Water Island. And it takes place five years after the aliens have been there. So it's weird because it's almost like it feels like like not such a big deal anymore to these people because they've been dealing with it for five years. So when you come into the scene, it's like you're having to adjust to the idea that, that they've become comfortable-ish with the fact that these aliens are there. And it's kind of like the rest of the world has just kind of let them run over this one island and do their, quote, experiments And it's just really interesting because I've always thought that there were a lot of parallels where, you know, you have an alien race that comes in and is, believes they're superior to you and completely takes over and disregards all of your feelings and all of your possessions and everything that you have as unimportant. Well, these aliens were, are particularly want to say smart but they just have a lot of technology that is beneficial so pretty much any kind of complaint any kind of complaint from the people who live there is just falling on deaf ears and they have like a 
representative there from their people who deals directly with sort of like um like a manager would so the manager or the go-between has to sort of try to sort things out between the two different between the aliens and the humans but the the aliens are so reactive any kind of aggression or rudeness or anything like that they just like rip people's heads literally off or dismember them while they're walking by if they're because they just don't have any it's they have zero fucks to give well it's just sort of like <laughs> like if you're walking along a sidewalk and you see ants there you might accidentally step on one that's kind of what it feels like it's like we're so unimportant to them that they're not even and so a lot of the interactions that go on are very frustrating for both parties. But there's, there's this one guy who's trying to get help for, I can't remember if it was his mom that had cancer or if it was him, but they can help with that. And there are all kinds of hoops to jump through for it and whatnot. Basically, I just thought it was a really cool comparison to what it would be like to be an enslaved person, but from a different perspective. Anyway, I didn't love, love the book. I thought it was very good, and I, I kind of enjoyed the way it made me think, but it was a little on the slow side for me. I, I found myself kind of drifting off. And I think it was mainly because not a lot of stuff about the aliens was really dwelt on. So it wasn't sci-fi enough for you? No, it was not. Okay. No, I didn't get enough detail. But it still had the it made you think element of it that I feel like it's important to to do that you don't have to love every book as long as you liked it i did like it then and mission I, mostly accomplished I, I feel like it would have been a good book to have a discussion about the parallels between colonization and the way um, slaves were treated and that sort of thing and how it might be if a race of aliens came to the earth and interacted with us uh, that was called the lesson by Cadwell Turnbull. And it really was a good book. Found it kind of depressing, but, and you know how I feel about depressing books. So. Well, colonization <laughs> is inherently depressing. depressing books. Yes. Lovey books. <laughs> I'll tell you, my favorite book, and I've already reviewed it, or I would have done it today, that was written by a black author is Children of Blood and Bone. Uh, oh yeah yeah so although we've already reviewed it yeah i will give it another shout out i think i reviewed it i think i reviewed it early on oh i I thought it was kayla that reviewed it kayla might she might have beat me to it i think she might have but if you haven't read it there's two of those books out there's supposed to be a third one (laughs) what is yeah i think it's out is no is the no it's not is the third one out I don't think I don't, so because I that shit is I had them all, but maybe that not. is on my like immediate pre-order list when it finally comes out because they keep they leave you on a cliffhanger after each one. I can't remember the author's name, but Children of Blood and Bone, and it is 
set in Africa and talks. Tony Adeyemi. Yes, that's it. Tony Adeyemi. And it talks about the different countries in Africa and different um, communities, I guess would be the right word to say. But it's, if you want a, a fantasy world built in Africa, that book is fucking amazing. September 22nd, Megan. <gasps> oh, I've got to go and get that pre... I, I need to make an Excel spreadsheet to hang on my damn refrigerator of what I've pre-ordered and where the hell I've pre-ordered it from. I <laughs> have probably a not a bad idea. Yeah, because I'm, yeah. I'm trying to do more small bookstores unless it's like a special edition or like a signed edition that I can only get somewhere else. So I'm trying, I need, the other day I was like, because TJ Klune's new book comes out in a couple yeah. of weeks. And I was like, I know, I pre-ordered that. Where's that email? And I had to look in like four places to remember where the <laughs> fuck I ordered it from. Book girl problems. It is, so I'm, I'm going to make Experience. an Excel spreadsheet and hang it on my refrigerator. And then I can just add to <laughs> like order number place i ordered it from release date because... dude the struggle is real because i i have i have sat here and in the mail gotten two copies of the same pre-order and been like oh crap like how did i do that but now i need to go pre-order that because that book is so good that that universe i might actually reread those before the third one comes out because there's so much detail and so much it's stuff. It's the kind of book that you almost have to. Yes. Which is why I don't like reading series when they're not finished. But yeah, that one was really good. So oh, yeah, it's amazing. But does anybody else have an honorable mention? One that they didn't re that's been reviewed that they just really love and want to like amplify? The other one I almost reviewed was a zombie book. <laughs> Colson Whitehead, mm. Zone One. Oh yeah, that was the one I planned to review today originally but mm. truthfully truthfully i found it extremely slow mm. which sometimes zombies are slow but <laughs> i didn't I, th I found it way too much way way more navel gazing than i signed up for in a book like that that's the thing it was beautifully written I reviewed Kennedy Ryan's book last year, and uh, she was on my top five of the year. But she's an Ameri she's an amazing black author that just writes wonderful, angsty, and awesome books. Shona L is handing me a recommendation. Oh, Ooh. Razorblade Tears. Razorblade Tears by S. A. Cosby. And that was about two guys. One of them, they're both. Of their sons were gay, right? And yep. they were killed. Yes. And the two fathers of the gay men joined together to take revenge on the killers. Yep. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yep. So that is, oh. that's Shona L's. And that I was always a, mean to review this huge. book, but I've read it so long ago. But Cutting for Stone by Abraham Vergasi. Oh my goodness. Amazing. Amazing book. I don't. It takes place a lot of it in one. Africa. Oh. There's so many good ones. There, right? There are. There are. I mean, I could go on for all day. I'm terrible at not noticing the race of the person I'm reading. That's I just true. Don't. I mean, that's very true. That's true. true. That's valid. Yes. Yeah. I'm bad. I, I sat there and looked at my bookshelf and I was like, I don't pay that close of attention. No, I don't. Like, and you, we probably should because it would be, it'd be an interesting thing to track over the year. Like mm -hmm. how diverse your author base is. Mm -hmm. Even though then I feel like it, 
is almost not that it's disingenuine because you're still like reading great books, but I feel like when I put too much emphasis on it, then it's becomes like a checkbox instead of just organically finding really good authors. But sometimes you have to, that's what I like to do. I like to, you got to dig around. I like to look for the good stories, the stories that I'm, you know, really interested in. And that book, Africa rising with the short stories is fantastic. As soon as it comes back in, I'm going to finish reading it and I'll review it. Amazing. When you find a BIPOC author that you like, you really need to do your best to support them so that they can continue because there's still such a huge disparity yes. between white authors and BIPOC authors. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. It's good. It's when, like so we said, I don't always look that closely, but I need to be more conscious of that as a reader to look for more diverse voices in my own reading life. Love it. So you got some books we reviewed, some honorable mentions. Got yeah. some good topics. Good good brain good ideas to find new authors. Maybe yeah. you know the authors already. Maybe they're not new to you. Sometimes. Life was funny trying to find a parking spot at the bookstale this morning. Oh Jesus. God. Lonnie was there yesterday with me and it wasn't that bad. This morning was special but the funny thing about yesterday was that vani bought more books than i did (gasps) really i didn't realize that she did so you guys go like every day like so they just do they put out tons and tons more books each day so you have to go daily well you could they do this year normally like under the tables or where they hide the like back stock and when we went today, the back stock wasn't hit. Like, it had all been moved up. So I think by tomorrow, it's going to be pretty picked over if you go tomorrow. There wasn't. Um, well, yesterday was the members only p- portion of it. So right. the members get to go in first and then they get to find all the good stuff. I'm one of those jerks that goes right under the table and looks. I do, too. Oh, we, we do, too. But there re- just really was get so mad at me. <laughs> There was one girl that I swear was just like crawling across the table, like under the table. She like, she was like, excuse me. And was just like, (laughs) like burrowing through the, under the table books. This is books, people, every man for themselves. You're just sad. You didn't think of it. I think we put up some, didn't you put up TikTok? There's several, there's several TikToks. She did. I saw bunches of you, bunches of videos of you guys looking through books. I'm like pausing things and trying to like, (laughs) enlarge them to be like oh what's that the one from today if you listen closely after i find shona and lacy a woman on the other end of this giant fairground room sneezes aggressively loud (laughs) in the background like i had just about to like hit like the pause button on the recording and all you hear is <laughs> and we all turned around and looked at each other and we're like, that was aggressive. And I had no idea that it was in the video until Lacey commented on it. And then she was like, holy crap, that lady sneezing was so loud. I think the great thing about the book sale is that, you know, you get together with your buddies and you go in and you're, you're celebrating a mutual love of reading and books. And willing to punch a bitch for a book if you need to. Wow. It's not normally. It wasn't that bad today, actually. It was. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, but I I didn't feel like I had to kill anybody to get to a book. We actually broke some records today. There was still a line outside the building when we left. So they only. So 
do they have to wait to let more people in? Yeah, it's because yeah. of um, wow. capacity. And it was 35 degrees outside. And of course, it's too hot inside. So no, everyone's just like in sweatshirts and like sitting outside and getting hypothermia. Vani, yesterday, um, I found you a, because uh, the people from the library were there and they had those little church lady fans, you know, the little flat fan with the little, <laughs> um, I was like, God, she should could have used that yesterday because she was dying of heat inside yeah and i was freezing so we made quite an odd couple it was so funny because you guys went to that big book sale and i saw on instagram i think somebody had posted like all these tips for when you're going to a huge book sale and one of them was to wear one of those fans around your neck yeah really one of them was to dress in layers another was to have that those milk crate on yes. roller things that's a big thing people I, come I, in I, with like, i've never would have thought of this stuff people come in you know like the big size suitcase that you literally can't even check because because they're so, it's so big they bring those in and wheel them around and just drop i'm using the wrong hand case can't see it <laughs> like dropping just drop books and they just unzip the top part like a mail slot and just do, 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 do. <laughs> like it's crazy awesome. it was a lot of people <laughs> but it was good i got four five five seven books total between i got two yesterday and a handful today yeah we're pretty choosy though yeah i know somebody's like you only have one book and i was like well i ran out of effort <laughs> to dig today i didn't get any books because yeah. i couldn't get in no we I did i did well i was there for the radio station so i did that from 10 to noon so i basically just stood at my table the whole time by myself and yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I only collect anything. certain authors or else, and I mean, you guys have seen, I have 100,000 books as it is. If I if I bought every book I wanted to read or every book I liked, I would have issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I only ended up with... Vani, did you, did you end up having that Ken Follett one? I don't know. I She's counting. Looked. I wasn't sure because uh, basically all I did was go, oh, there's a Ken Follett, better pick that up. I, I know we found her first edition of one of them, but I don't know if she already had it. So we got it. Well, that it. was a Pillars of the Earth, and I have Pillars of the Earth. Well, maybe you can gift it to somebody. Since it's one of your favorites, it would be a good one to gift. I ended up getting a, a first edition of Black Tongue Thief by Christopher Buhlman. And when I got home, of course, I knew I already had it. I wasn't 100% sure I had a first edition, but I was pretty sure. But I got it anyway because I figured... It was such a good book. I can give it as a gift. I get to read Fifty Shades of Grey from Christian's perspective. <laughs> Can't wait. Meg- <laughs> Megan and Vani went down that Stephanie Meyer-shaped rabbit hole yesterday. Yeah. Talking about it. Yeah. I'm surprised you guys don't have all of her stuff already. Well, so when I bought Fifty Shades, I hadn't anticipated actually liking the books. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Was it? Yeah, we did, she, we did we did talk about Stephanie. Shades? No, we were talking about Twilight cuz oh, Stephanie okay, Meyer okay. is going to do from the perspective two. of somebody else. Yes. Yeah, because basically she um cuz Stephanie Meyer had teased for 15 years that she had written Twilight from Edward's perspective. So when EL James did 50 Shades, which is Twilight fan fiction, then she was like, "Oh, I should write it from Christian's perspective." <laughs> um because copy paste. Uh-huh. And but yeah, and then when we started talking about Midnight Sun, then we re- remembered that Stephanie Meyer is going to do two more books 
from the Twilight universe, one of Renesme and Jacob, and I can't remember what the other one is, but they talked about it on a Zoom, like virtual meet and greet thing that Stephanie Meyer did when Midnight Sun came out, but it just made the news again. Like someone refound it, <laughs> and we were, and I was like, oh, we already knew that, guys, but they were excited about it, so they made another article about it. So maybe it means it's coming soon. If it's making the news again, maybe she's getting ready to drop. Oh, I'd be, I don't know if I want to read a Jacob and Renesmee book. I mean, I will, and I will buy it and it'll go on my shelf, but I, I feel like I was more excited about whatever the other book was, but now I can't remember what it was, but Vonnie and I will for sure read them. I'm sure. She's counting stitches today. She's making a really cool, looks like, I don't know if it's an actual weighted blanket or if it's just heavy. Well, I don't have weights in it or anything. Oh. But it's, it's double layered so that the weight of the yarn is heavier. Oh. We're all exhausted from the book sale, so things. Um, did we find any other statues from the love statue? Were there more pictures of that place, Keith? No. I need to look up that theme park. I'm shocked it's Korean. I don't. I feel like I think of Korea as very conservative, but they have a full-on threesome statue in the middle of this freaking park. S- right? South Korea? Yeah. It's in Korea. Typically, they would uh, prefer it. It wouldn't be North Korea. It would not. Love no. Land Korea. Love Land, Korea. I just think. Oh, I, it's an outdoor sculpture park, so that makes sense. Oh, okay. So it's not actually a sex park. But does it really make sense? Oh my sense? gosh. Um. Yeah. I've seen the giant penises at that one. It's focused on the theme of sex. Yeah. Oh, it is. So it is I'm truly a sex a slideshow, dude. Everyone needs to look. Oh my god. <laughs> Like there's one with a woman riding on a huge penis that's like shaped like a U kind of. Um, there's like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Oh. I can't believe there's a, a whole statue park with just erotic there's... statues. Where's that been? Okay, that's... Keith. Okay, yeah. you're gonna have to put those yeah. on the website. Can... And we're I don't know if we can put those on Instagram. I don't know if I can put some of these on the website. <laughs> you can put them on the website. We just They're... might not be able to you oh, might right. have, you yeah. might have to yeah. venture to the website because we don't want to get shadow banned on Facebook oh my and gosh t- and there are some statues where you can get inside of them what and like this woman is snuggling with this statue i mean it's i can't, can't tell what that is it very well. so this is a bronze statue and this is a woman who's canoodling with the statue because she can fit right in there oh wow okay wow is that like a really like a bronze glory hole or something yeah <laughs> Oh so God. here's a gu- this is a glory hole statue. That's the one I was just looking at. Literally. Well, wow, oh, Korea. his pants his are pants like... are down and everything. Holy wow. shit. I've been getting Korea all wrong. I had no <laughs> Look, idea. Hold I on, mean, I'm showing Martha. This is like a guy with muscles holding his chick upside down. Like Whoa. Korea. Wowzer. We we totally misjudged Korea's sexual Seriously? This is the one she was just I'm showing sorry, you. Sorry, Korea. I thought y'all were straight laced, and I don't know. No, no, we were wrong. Yep. We were wrong. Definitely not. I have misjudged you, Korea. Korea getting spicy with it. I mean, North Korea is probably still pretty, but I don't know. North Korea's got some random little girl on a TikTok now, or something. I mean, it's mm. government done, but still. There's even dogs. 
What? So if you want to watch dogs humping in the artsy uh, style, oh, there's a, a like a tur the thing a statue. A you for that. You crank it and they move. Oh my god. Okay, this is too much. That's gonna okay. do it for. Come on now, three, three book, book girls. girls can't get enough of three book girls. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.